0: Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level, Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple, Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience, Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life, Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better, and Hometown Ticketing, Simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Bobby Moran. Bobby is the athletic director at the Kent Place School in Summit, New Jersey. She also has a tremendous background as a coach, as an administrator, and promoting sports. Bobby, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much, Jake. It's an honor to be here.
0: Oh, well, we're glad to have you, and we're excited to hear what's going on in in your part of the country. Well, as we talked about uh, before we came on, it's certainly a busy time for athletic directors. For our guests, uh, we are recording this on April twenty seventh, so you're going to hear it in a fairly timely manner. But, um, Bobby, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to uh, get to know our guests. So. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, where you went to college, and and maybe how your uh, love of sports led to your current position.
1: Absolutely. Thanks. So I grew up in Farmington, Connecticut. I went to Farmington High School and played field hockey and gymnastics for um, Laureen McLaughlin, who became Coach McZ. And I will tell you that I had Coach McZ in middle school, and then she followed me up to high school. And as most of us who are in this profession can attest to, there's always been a person who is such, you know, that role model for us. And McZ was that role model for me. She really sort of held my um, fanny to the fire in a lot of ways and made sure I followed whatever it was I was supposed to do. And I was actually a soccer player in high school. And um, my senior year, the coach said to me, you should really try field hockey. And so senior year of high school, I tried field hockey and it worked out pretty well. And I went off and played four years of field hockey at Siena College in Loudonville, New York. Um, And from that time, I started uh, really hitting the weights, working out, doing a lot of stuff. Um, Ended up, believe it or not, doing some bodybuilding competitions Um, and uh, started doing some athletic training in that space. Um, and then, uh, afterwards, um, became a certified athletic trainer and started coaching and was asked by the Loomis Chafee school in Connecticut, if I would come on board. So I was a field hockey coach at Loomis Chafee, um, worked in the athletic department there for many, many years. Um, and in 2016 took the job as the, um, director of athletics here at Kemp Place in Summit, New Jersey. So I'm glad to be here.
0: Wow. Um, You uh, uh, left out a couple of components that I thought were really interesting from your resume. And uh, again, I love the Siena College connection. I'll I'll tell you later on, Siena is part of the answer to one of my favorite uh, trivia questions. So um, I'll share that with you later. But uh, talk a little bit about some of the... um, Uh, boards and national programs that you've been on? Because I think those have been so successful the last, let's say, 10 years or so in helping develop sports uh, in different parts of the country.
1: Absolutely. So I uh, served on the National Field Hockey Coaches Association and in the executive um, as an executive. So I was the only high school coach in the country um, that served on that board and really helped to sort of ele- elevate field hockey in that space. And also worked with USA Field Hockey um, as a coach, as a site director. Um, have, I work on the, um, with the women's in college sports foundation on the circle lead there and sort of again, help all high school coaches, but interface between the high school and collegiate program in that space. So really I see myself as someone who helps families, student athletes and families navigate that college process. I've been blessed um, like you, Jake, to have, um, I have four children um, and uh, I have two daughters who were division one college athletes, a son who was with the football program at the University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, and, um, and then another son who was really, really involved in theater. And, um, and so it's been a really wonderful journey, both as an administrator, but also as a parent to watch what kids and families have to navigate. And I really feel like part of what we can do as administrators is ease that process for families, help kids sort of like bring down that anxiety point and understand that as coaches and administrators, college coaches need us and we need them. So there has to be this really beautiful and can be this beautiful synergistic partnership that we can work on together. And that's really where I find my sweet spot a lot of times.
0: Oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Uh, uh, I'm actually um, uh, blessed, I guess you'd say the word, is to be involved with uh, a new NIAAA course uh, on parenting. In fact, that's the name of the class, partnering with parents, as opposed to, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago where you had to deal uh, with parents. So, yeah, absolutely. And the connection that you mentioned between the high school AD the high school coaches and the colleges uh, mm-hmm. just so important to, you know, you're sometimes you're coaching the kids and the coaches, but a lot of times you end up coaching the parents as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: You mentioned uh, coach McDee, and I'm going to guess that uh, uh, she's probably going to be on your list of mentors. And in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and mentoring. So who were some of those mentors that, uh, helped you along the way, whether it was a, a pat on the back or a, a kick in the butt, uh, whose right. voice do you still hear in your head?
1: Well, it's it's Coach McZ, so oh, I Pete. probably misspoke and you probably didn't hear it rightly. Um, yeah, Laureen, yeah. no, no, Laureen Zakruski Zucrus, uh, uh, McLaughlin, so McZ, but also um, I, I was blessed also to work with a gentleman by the name of Bob Howe, who is the athletic director now at Deerfield Academy um, in Massachusetts. and. Bob is someone also who definitely just, I think finding people who are open and honest with you um, and who are willing to help you along the way and say, hey, have you considered this opportunity? Or, hey, you had a misstep here. You know, Um, it was, have been really, really helpful. I've also really been grateful to a lot of college coaches. um, Pam Stuper, who is at Yale. Um, Meredith Sibico who's at Rutgers right now have been really, really tremendous, um, you know, kind of colleagues in this process with regard to college and college athletes. Um, and I've got some great friends from the NIAAA. Um, specifically, I have a buddy, Ira Childress, um, who is just a great guy, I think has been interviewed by you guys. And Amanda Walters, um, Waters, who has been interviewed f- by you as well. Um, both Ira and Amanda have done a phenomenal job in creating a platform nationally for athletic directors to connect based upon our connection from the NIAAA, which to me has been absolutely just a wonderful, wonderful um, place to learn more and grow as an administrator.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's wild. We talk about uh, unintended consequences and uh, you will get to COVID later on, but that has certainly been one of those positive examples of an unintended consequence. The uh, National AD Network that Amanda and Ira put together Uh, this podcast that we're doing. Uh, You know, a a year ago, who knew what Zoom was? And, uh, and now (laughs) it's become, you know, just that's how we operate. So very cool. Um, You mentioned your background, you know, competitively, you mentioned how you kind of got into athletic training, and and that led you into that AD position. Talk a little bit about that process of coming into a new school. Mm -hmm. uh, And, um, you know, how did that all play out? Let's say those first 90 days, uh, you know, what were some of your goals? What were some of the things that uh, maybe surprised you during that uh, time when you first became that athletic director?
1: Yeah, um, I was grateful. Again, Bob Howe, um, having worked for him was really such a, such a great guy in terms of really showing, um, he came in with a real tremendous background when I worked with him at Loomis, you um, with facilities and facility management. And so that was always in the back of my head. Like, are there mushrooms growing on the grass? You know, like pay attention to that stuff. And I remember saying to him, I really don't care. And he's like, you're gonna need to care. Um, But I think when I came into Kent Place, having the opportunity to work with a variety of people, I see athletic administration as, um, and athletics in general, as the front porch of an institution. Mm -hmm. I believe it's where we welcome people in. And it's where we welcome people back and if used properly um, a really wonderful athletics program can incorporate admissions communications and advancement and if we can work that trifecta which i like to to use um, we have the opportunity to really grow programs exponentially because there's such tremendous outreach when we think about um a student's first experience. So think back to what your experience was the very first time when you came as a freshman to your high school, right? Most of us played a fall sport. And in that fall sport, we went to preseason. Now, preseason starts way before we open or crack any book. So, what I always say to parents and students, and to even my seniors and kids who I use as sort of um, athletic liaisons this student's very first interaction with our school is going to happen. And their whole experience of who they are in our place as dragons um, happens well before they come into the classroom. So most of us, the day before preseason, probably didn't sleep very well, probably didn't eat a whole lot, may or may not have been sort of chippy with our parent on the ride into school about Mm -hmm. what it was going to be like. Right, exactly. (laughs) So understanding that, and as coaches, understanding that's the student that's coming in. They're terrified of the run test. They're terrified, like, am I going to make a friend? And parents are thinking, oh, God, please just let this go smoothly, right? So when we receive those kids, understanding all of those components, and I sometimes use it as like a backpack, we all carry our story in our backpack. And sometimes we have that neatly zipped up and sometimes that backpack, we run out of the house and there's stuff flying out all over the place. So just understanding that as an athletic administrator, as we move into our spaces with our kids is really what I wanted to dive off on when I arrived at Kemp Place.
0: Wow, I, I love the backpack analogy and, and you're just so spot on with all of those points. Um, your first one being that athletics is kind of the front porch of the school. Uh, outside of academics, you know, no other program is going to touch as many kids and as many parents as that athletic program. So uh, great, great stuff. Um, Bobby, you've been at Camp Place Now for a while. And one of the things we kind of pride our podcast on is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot, but hopefully I'm going to give you a chance to brag a little bit. What are some of the things that you are particularly proud of about the athletic program at Kent Place? What's what's something that you look at and you go, wow, we do this better than anybody else?
1: You're really kind. Um, uh, Well, I would say it actually flows back to that backpack reality um, and to that front porch reality. And that is that we look at every individual who comes through our doorway as a unique human being. And I emphasize this to my coaches all the time. I believe that every individual comes to this earth with a gift to share. So oftentimes as coaches and administrators, we look at those kids who are like the number one, two, three, four on our roster. The you know, the kids that are scoring the goals or saving the goals or doing whatever it is that they're doing, right? Um, It's easy to pay attention to those kids. But I think that at Kent Place, what we have done is really paid attention to maybe number 18, 19, 20 on the roster. Because oftentimes those are the kids that actually get us up and over the hump. Those are the kids that create the, you know, esprit de corps. Those are the kids that can motivate teammates. Um, and we've created a very holistic approach to our athletic reality and have put a tremendous emphasis on, on wellness and well-being. So we incorporate yoga and mindfulness and all kinds of stuff into what it is that we do in athletics. Because we really want to look at the whole person. Um, The mission of our athletic department is to grow strong, confident, self-assured young women through their experience in our sports program. And that I think is something that we're doing pretty darn well these days.
0: You know, um, you mentioned, or I guess maybe I mentioned, uh, you know, COVID uh, earlier. So... um... As we told our listeners, it's April, Uh, we're past that one year anniversary, if you will, Uh, but we're still seeing a wide variety of responses um, across the country. Uh, Here in Florida, we're getting ready to wrap up spring sports championships. Uh, In other states, they still have not been back. Mm-hmm. So share with our listeners um kind of how y'all responded to COVID, you know, last year and how it's going now, uh, not just with return to sports, but return to play. What's going on in New Jersey?
1: Yeah, thank you. It's such a good question. Um, it is something that's changing every day. So when the pandemic hit last year, I was fortunate enough to partner with my physical education department and I sort of saw the writing on the wall. Again thanks to the great work of the NIAA and the connections that I had made through the NIAA, we were having conversations early on about what's this gonna look like? What's this gonna mean? So we created actually fitness packs for every, we are, we are a JPK, so junior pre-K all the way through grade 12. Mm-hmm. We created fitness packs for all of our kids, the JPK through grade five, and then the grade six through 12. And every single kid in the school got you know, a yoga mat weights, you know, whatever it was, but depending on what their age and, and level was, but they all went home with these packs um, so that there was equity. I'm sure you noticed that there are kids in those Zoom meetings who are shutting their cameras off because of whatever it is that's happening in their life. Um, aside from being remote, we, we started dealing with both remote and in-person realities this fall when we came back to school. So we, have, we use these D10s, our, our IT department has been fabulous and we use D10s in our classrooms so that we've got kids that are like on a screen and then we've got kids that are out in spaces. So we're trying to do the both and in both places but we know that all the kids, are, all the kids have the same equipment and they're working from the same space. Um, again, we don't know what we don't know about people's realities and what they're going through but it really is a time to be empathetic, to be understanding, to be caring and thoughtful. And it has opened up a tremendous opportunity for us as educators and administrators to think about things that we've never thought about before. So sports has moved on in New Jersey. We, we are playing, we're doing everything, and I'm grateful for that. I'm so glad our kids get to be out on the field, and I feel grateful for my colleagues that we've been able to provide things for our kids as well.
0: Wow. What, uh, what sports do you all currently do in spring in Florida? You know, we have baseball, softball, we got track and field and tennis uh, for our school. Um, you know, we, we're looking to add girls lacrosse next year. We only have, we have boys lacrosse now. So girls will be brand new. Uh, so what do you all do in uh, New Jersey in the spring?
1: Yeah. So we have um, golf girls. Golf is in the spring. Um, we have lacrosse as well. So our girls lacrosse team is playing. We have softball and we have track and field at Kent place. So yeah, same kinds of things. I know in some places, soccer happens in the spring, but for us, soccer is in the fall.
0: Yeah, we're able to uh, have soccer during the uh, the winter and that's, that's Ooh. winter and air quotes uh, down here in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it kind of nice. Yeah. Um, Another question we've been asking the athletic directors uh, this past year uh, revolves around this idea of uh, social awareness and, and social justice. And uh, you know, we all have different um, you know, demographics in our school, but my question has been this, uh, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors? What are some things that we can do better uh, mm-hmm. with our kids, our coaches, our communities, uh, with this idea of being socially aware? What are your thoughts?
1: I'm so glad, again, I think it's incredibly important. I go back to that comment that I used, the DK, DK. We don't know what we don't know. I work with some amazing human beings at Kent Place, Walida Justice, Michelle Stevenson, work with our um, students' um, equity, place and diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, we are having a lot of conversations. A lot of us have been hit by the black at um, and shades of um, Instagram posts and things. And it's required that we really think about what it is that we're doing in spaces and how we interact. I think a lot of it comes down to communication, open, transparent communication, being able to lean into discomfort, being able to have conversations where... We really have to be empathetic and understand what our spaces and places of privilege are, whether those places are based on race or socioeconomic um, diversity. We really have to think about those things. And we have to be willing to know that there are places where we have absolutely no understanding of what another human being's reality is and be respectful of that. And say to another human being, like tell me what it is that I don't know. you know, And it's not always the responsibility of the person who is feeling in that space that they are somehow, and I think this is what we run into, is that we've put that, that sort of girdle back on people to say, well, tell me what I don't know. That's like, no, 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 no. You gotta learn about what you don't know. And it's our responsibility as educators to think about what is it that i don't know that i don't know and ask ourselves those questions every way every day and i think that's probably where my yoga mindset comes into being is that i want to pause i want to take a deep breath i want to think for a moment help me to be open help me to be about open about what it is that i don't know where my spaces and places of discomfort are and how can i learn from people who have a heck of a lot more experience than i do Um, so that's what I'm trying to do and trying to create spaces where we can do that more often. And again, I work with people who are way smarter than I am um, and I'm grateful for that.
0: Well, I mean, that's a, that's a sign of a great administrator. You surround yourself with, with good people, but uh, I, I love the phrase, you know, that, you know, you, we use that all the time. You know, we don't know what we don't know or, or that this young coach or this, you know, young AD or young principal, mm-hmm. but you know, with regards to, you know, someone else's experience, you're absolutely right. We just don't know. And uh, it it sounds trite, but it's so true. You have to have those conversations, those hard conversations, Mm -hmm. and and you you have to listen. So great stuff. Thank you. uh, Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Let's go and lighten things up a little bit. Uh, I've also been asking our athletic directors, What's your favorite part of the job? What gets you excited about coming to school each day? And and I joke uh, after about the first seventy episodes, uh, it was almost always the same. Well, it's the kids. <laughs> of course, it's the kids. Okay, but uh, acknowledging that uh, we love our kids. Um, what are some of the things that get you excited about coming to camp place?
1: Damn, now I can't say kids. can um, <laughs> say kids. No, <laughs> I'll tell you. I, I love that I get to pop into different spaces. Um, and so today, for example, I get to step in and coach middle school lacrosse because my middle school lacrosse coaches um, are gonna go coach upper school lacrosse and they got a game today. So that's fun for me. Um, anytime I get to step into a space where kind of things feel a little bit uncomfortable and I remember what it's like to learn. Um, anytime where I get to, st- to sit down with a group of kids and learn from them and listen to what their experience has been. Um, I love that. I love admissions. I love popping in and talking to families about what it is that we do and what we can do. I love advancement. I love talking to people about, again, this front porch reality. You know, how can you understand and um, help people to understand how athletics really pulls people in and pulls people back. I love the stories that are a part of who we are as a community. Um, I don't have a lot of stories about what math was like for me at Farmington High School, but I can share a lot of stories about being on a team or being with a group of friends, you know, at that big game, same thing with college. So I think that those, um, everyone loves a story. And I think that those stories are threads that always connect us and will reconnect us and keep us connected to our alma maters, and I think that's important.
0: Oh, w- without a doubt, uh, you know I've been doing this. Uh, you know, well, I'll phrase it this way: my high school and college days are long before yours. But uh, when we uh-huh. get together, uh, like I did this uh, summer, went back to Oregon, uh, a bunch of high school and college buddies. Uh, you know, what do we talk about? Hey, you remember that game? Hey, you remember that bus trip? Uh, and it's just, those, those, those are the moments that we're trying to let parents know, hey, this is gonna happen for your kids. They're gonna be telling these, these stories. Uh, I'm gonna go off script here uh, a little bit because you mentioned something uh, a while back and I forgot to follow up on it, but you just mm-hmm. mentioned again, you talk about, and we're both at uh, private schools, independent yeah. schools. You know, you talk about the advancement mm-hmm. component And uh, one of the things that we've seen uh, for several years at both public and private schools um, are the existence of fees, whether you want to call them athletic fees or participation Mm -hmm. fees, whatever, you know, label you put on it, it's, you know, pay to be a part of that team. Um, Not good, bad, right or wrong, it just exists. But what do you all do at your school in regards to uh, sports fees,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: I'm assuming you know your students are already, or the parents, they're already paying tuition.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's a good question, and it's an interesting question. We take a look at what the cost is for certain things. I'm going to give an example. We skate at the Prudential Center, which is where the New Jersey Devils skate in here in Jersey, um, down in Newark, and you can imagine that's kind of expensive to skate at, you know, at the Devils rink. Um, so. We then take that reality and sort of like share that in a tiny way with our parents. Um, it costs us a heck of a lot more to rent the rink and to pay for transportation and to get down there. Um, but we offset that cost just, just a skosh, as my son would say, um, just a skosh with our families and say, and let them know from the outset, hey, it's going to cost X to play in this program. and. We are very mindful. I work very closely with my admissions um, and financial aid department. So we, I will send them our roster in advance and say these are the kids that are signed up to play hockey. If there is anyone on that list, I don't ever want a student athlete to have to come to me to say, "Hey, I can't afford this." I want to front load that conversation. So gratefully, I work with my admissions department and that conversation is front loaded by the admissions person who does financial aid. So they don't even feel like Bobby's involved in that conversation. They know that, Hey, I want to play hockey. This is what the cost is. And we can help you with that because we want everyone to feel like they can be a part of this experience. So again, I work with amazing people that allow me to be able to do that stuff.
0: No. And we have a very similar, um, um platform here at, at my school as well. You know, we're not, uh, um, having to, uh, you know, rent, uh, you know, do Campbell field for, uh, for football or something like that, but I get where you're coming from, but what you can do in return, I'm sure you do this when you talk with your parents and your kids is, you know, Hey, this is the experience you're getting. You get to skate and play at this arena. Um, so they're getting something for that. And that's what we try to do with our sport fees is, you know, we, uh, uh, most of that fee goes towards, you know, like team gear, you know, t-shirts mm-hmm. and workout stuff and jerseys and things like that. So they're getting something for it and, and they can see it. It's tangible, but interesting uh, question. i will try to follow up with that. Yeah. Well, Bobby, this is just flown by. I'm looking at my watch here. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I, I could stay on this uh, chat for a long time, but I know you're busy. So we're going to go to our final segment uh we like to call it the the new athletic director's toolbox. You know, you're certainly an experienced uh, athletic director but right now I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new AD on their very first job but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Bobby Moran's athletic director toolbox?
1: Oh, wow. Um I would say um she's Patience is probably first and foremost, Um, you know, and and in patience, I'm going to use kind of, um, I have a little memo on my, on my desk that says the position of peace is the position of power. So just really understanding that most of the time when a parent calls you, they just want to be heard. So just create that container for them to share whatever it is that they are concerned about. Um, I would say j- love, just love every opportunity, love every moment, love every kid that walks through your door um, and remember, you know, the passion that you have in terms of that experience and, the, and, and why you're here, you know, know your why. Um, and then I would finally say just uh, find a moment every day for yourself because we give an awful lot um, in what it is that we do and how we do it. So it's important to refill your own container so that you have more to give.
0: Um, I've been writing those down uh, because, again, they're all great. Um, You're the first interview that we've done since I have gone back and compiled and categorized all of the AD tools that have been submitted. And um, on that list right now, I have the document, there's 400 and 75 different tools, or excuse me, responses. Some of them are the same. Uh, And I've been able to put those into 20 different categories. It might be an actual tool, like say a cell phone, or it might've been a concept like communicate. Uh, And I can tell you that those three that you just suggested are all in some of the more frequent category so again you know I don't know if that's good bad right or wrong but uh, right. it, it, they stick out for me okay and again I, the the patience one and, and the listening uh, if, if I could have learned that uh, in year one instead of well into my career I think I would have enjoyed you know much more than I do uh, you know so many times I had a parent come in and you're right they just want to be heard and they're 30 seconds into their, uh, sharing. Mm-hmm. And I've it's already true. got six or seven different solutions to their problem, which doesn't really exist, except in my mind. And when I finally learned to just shut up and listen, uh, things went so much better. Okay, thank yeah. you for sharing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure it's, that never happened to you in your career. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I realize that they just they, they want to be heard. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have kids and they feel like it's their their mama bear or papa bear is turned on. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, now that you're part of the uh, educational uh, podcast family, uh, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you?
1: That's great. Through email, I would say. And my email is Moran R. so M-O-R-A-N-R, at Kent Place, that's K-E-N-T-P-L-A-C-E dot O-R-G. And I'd love to chat with anybody.
0: All right. Well, I encourage you to do so. Uh, Again, if you don't know um, Bobby's uh, resume and background, because she was very, very humble in uh, uh, presenting that. Uh, She is, uh, you know, a a key resource that you would add to your list of uh, mentors and networking. So Bobby, thanks so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for your time. It's been an honor. And I really, really appreciate chatting with you today, Jake.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Remember, the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the FIAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel, and we appreciate you listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.